This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. They're going to want to try to hold Joe Biden hostage, if not for spending, then when the government funding bill comes up for border security or for energy policy. This is going to be a two-year period, if Republicans take the House, of just a lot of hostage hostage holding on almost every issue. And people have to be prepared for that because I don't even want to begin to imagine what it would look like if the debt ceiling is not lifted. And by the way... If Republicans take the House or the Senate, Democrats could still raise the debt ceiling in the lame duck. A lot of people think that's a really good idea. Yeah, a lot of the globalists think it's a really good idea. Uh, spending now $31 trillion face amount. Of course, $9 trillion over at the Federal Reserve, $40 trillion. And now we're really having to start to pay for it as interest rates rise. But we've got a long way to go. Although I will tell you, people are working nonstop. I'm actually talking to groups working nonstop and putting the program together after the victory. But first, you must get the victory, you must get the votes out. Then you must close on the victory. And of course, some disturbing news out of Pennsylvania today, trying to of these mail-in ballots. I want to go to Dave Bossy. Uh, Dave, uh, Citizens United, has been around a long time, deputy campaign manager on Trump's uh, winning, 20, winning and closing 26 campaign. Dave, uh, you were around for the Gingrich Revolution in 94. You were around for the Tea Party. In fact, you were one of the big guys in back of the Tea Party revolt of 2010. Uh, you've seen a couple of waves before. Tell us, give us your breakdown of exactly where you think we are. Steve, this is, uh, there are races across the country, uh, Republicans that are coming online right now, 10 days before the election. And these can, there are candidates that we've never heard of that are going to win uh, Republican seats. We're going, to, we're going to have a good day, Steve. Uh, the, the question for, for us as a movement is, you know, making sure that the core conservatives stick together and that we fight for principle once we take over. Uh, and that's, look, you just had, you know, talking about the debt ceiling. Those two reporters just looked like they were going to cry, right? They're, they're, they're literally in team. <laughs> wait, wait, wait until reality sets in, Steve. And not only do Republicans take the House, but take the Senate as well, because we're going to go deep. We're going to go uh, a plus three uh, minimum in the United States Senate as well. Let me ask you, I'm going to get to uh, all, all that uh, with you. Um, it, it, let me ask you when you when you because you've been here for the debt ceiling fights before what they're trying to do in, in the last gas measure, because the day on morning, Joe, they're talking about how. You know, crime is actually a big issue, and the Democrats are actually pro-law and order. You know, you had Al Sharpton on. I, I'm not. I'm not making this up. But right now, they're trying. They're trying to scare everybody in Arizona and Florida by saying they're they're coming out with the debt ceiling, and only only war rooms talked about it. So now it's all they're talking about. You know, all they're on top of because they're using to say we're going to cut Social Security and Medicare. You know. That is never going to happen. And that's not what the debt ceiling is about. You've been here for the big fights before. How desperate are they, Dave, in trying to find one or two issues in the closing, you know, 10 to 13 days while early voting is always going on, already going on to try to save themselves? 
Well, you you see it just from Joe Biden when he can put a complete thought together. Joe Biden is talking about the the Republican Party. If they win back the House, will destroy the economy. That's their closing message, Steve. Their closing message is: Don't look at us. Look at what how bad they are going to make it. Don't worry about paying five dollars a gallon gasoline, uh, which is what you're doing today. Don't worry about the mortgage interest rates going up so you can't afford, uh, uh, you know, to buy your family a home. Don't worry about all these things. Believe me or your lying eyes. That is what Joe Biden is saying. And it's not working. It's not going to work. These are these are pathetic, pathetic people, Steve. When they're talking about trying to be pro-law uh, and order, to your point, when you saw the chop zones, when you saw the, the riots in Seattle and Portland and Denver and in New York, all across this great country of ours, that the left were leading, the left were, were leading these efforts to attack uh, our, our, our society at its very core. Uh, they do, they, they, def, they want to defund the police movement uh, and they are dedicated to it. They're only going to lie to you for the last 10 days. And not, nobody watching this show believes it. And that is part of the reason why the Republicans, conservatives, are going to win out uh, in, uh, in 10 days' time. Talk to me, saying, uh, not putting sentences together. The Fetterman debate last night with Oz, and particularly, how is that going to play into the Mastriano? Because the only, you know, he blurted out one time when they're talking about Mastriano. Uh, talk to me about Fetterman, the collapse of Fetterman, and how is that going to play into, because Josh Shapiro owns Fetterman right now. How is that going to play in the governor's race? So F Fetterman, look, first of all, maybe it should be a Biden-Fetterman ticket in 2024. They got to, maybe between the two of them, They'd have one working uh, brain. It is it is a it is a catastrophe that the people of Pennsylvania are talking about that the mainstream media isn't. This is again, once again, the mainstream media shooting themselves in the foot because what they're saying is we're smarter than the than than the voters. We are not going to tell you about Hunter Biden's laptop, um, and we're going to make sure you don't believe it. But this time they're seeing it with their own eyes. Fetterman is not capable of serving in the United States Senate. So he's dragging down the ticket. Um, and, and, and Oz won the debate last night. And he's going to win that United States Senate seat, which is one of the reasons when we win Nevada and Arizona and Georgia, we're going to go plus three. We might, we're having conversations. I'm getting calls from, from liberal reporters who are asking me about Patty Murray. Who is asking me about Blumenthal? Asking me about uh, uh, Lee Zeldin in New York? When you're having these conversations, Steve, it, it shows you just how big a day next Tuesday or, or two Tuesdays from now is going to be, uh, and it is it is going to uh, look. We manage expectations. That's part of our job. But we're going to win out in both the House and Senate. What the numbers are at that point, we want them to be as big as possible. But when Tiffany Smiley has the ability to beat 30-year incumbent career politician Patty Murray, it's going to be a devastating day if, if she even gets close. By the way, you're talking about Connecticut is in uh, with Levy is within a shot. Malloy's yes. within a couple of points in Vermont. General Boldick. <laughs> 
is in a dead heat in New Hampshire. You've got uh, in the state of Washington, Smiley, the nurse, is essentially close to a dead heat in Washington. Oregon governor, a coin flip. This shows you Portland, Seattle, those, uh, the Antifa and BLM and just letting people run wild eventually has payback. Let's go to Lee Zeldin. He took the fire to Hoko last night. You know New York State as well wow. as anybody. You know Lee Zeldin. He's a personal friend of yours. That was, I've known Lee for a long time. Man, that was Lee's supercharged. He won that debate uh, hands down, and crime is obviously, crime and the economy are the two issues. Uh, tell me about New York State. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, for a couple of things. One is the kids like to say beast mode, right? I, I hear it. I, I hear it. That was Lee Zeldin in beast mode. If there is a beast mode, that's what it was. Lee Zeldin owned Kathy Hochul last night. It was devastating. Every answer, every interaction, Lee Zeldin was at his absolute best. And she was a sputtering, muttering uh, politician that was glad handing. I think the, the people in New York State who are sick and tired of this crime, of this horrible economy, of, of the broken borders pouring into New York, they're done. And, and this is a George Pataki moment. Lee Zeldin is going, to, is, is going to win. I will tell you, Steve, we're in the field uh, in New York right now. I'd like to maybe come back on and talk about that poll, the poll results when we get them back in. We just came out in Washington State. Smiley is just behind behind Patty Murray. We, and Steve, we just came out in the field uh, in, in Maryland, two congressional districts, David Trone, Dutch Ruppersberger, two hardcore leftists who are being dragged down, who, who are in uh, solid Democrat districts, who are losing, who are going to lose. Um, they were at 42 and 43 percent in their re-elects wow. two weeks before wow. Election Day in, in a deep blue state of Maryland for two Democrat incumbents. Joe Biden is single handedly destroying the Democrat Party uh, uh, on Election Day. You notice they don't even have him in Maryland to campaign. He's going to DC, DNCC, the Democratic oh, National it. Committee you headquarters. To, 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 it's just a joke. He don't even let him. The DNC headquarters to give a speech to forty, uh, you know, people on the on his payroll. I mean, staffers, staffers, <laughs> junior staffers, no senior people there. It's pathetic, Dave. <laughs> Uh, what should people do now? Citizens United is one of the most important grassroots organizations out there. You've been around for years. Tell us, the audience wants to know, first off, what they got to do to deliver the vote and what they got to do to close the deal, which didn't happen in 2020. We delivered okay, the first vote. Of all, uh, Trump clearly won, but we didn't close. So what are people supposed to do? First of all, Steve, you've been a leader on this. Every single person listening to this show must not just vote. They have to go and participate. When you are in the room as an election observer, as a judge, as a poll worker, if you are in the room, they have a harder time cheating. We must, we must want, we want every vote to count. That, that's who we are. We want that. We just don't want them to be able to cheat. And that's who they are. So we have to, so if you're listening to this show, go and vote, but go volunteer. Go be an active participant in our democracy and stop the left from being able to to pull anything over on us, uh, you know, uh, in in uh, on election okay. day, November eighth. So with, we have to do that. Citizens with, United, we're we're active all over yeah. the place. So so go to citizensunited.org and, and check it out. 
Okay, uh, right now I got Dave Bossy as we speak, 13 days away. We're going to get you back when you come out of the field in New York. 13 days out. You're 5347 right now in the Senate. Give me your house pick. How many, how many seats will we pick up? Plus what? You know, today, today, maybe we'll change this when I come back in, maybe on Monday. Yeah. But, but today, I'm right at a net, a net plus uh, 30 to 32 seats in the House. Yeah, which, okay. which, is, which is higher uh, than, real clear. than real clear. Yeah. Elise Stefanik had 35 last week. We got Boris at 50. You're at 32, uh, 30 to 32. Real clear politics, the spread, I think, now is 12, 12 or 13 to 47. Uh, right. But that's pretty good. You're, you're right there. You're right there, right with Elise Stefanik. Uh, with 32, and people, I just want to remind everybody, in the Gingrich Revolution in 94, and again in the Tea Party in 2010, both of those bases were around 174 seats. They were massive historic pickups, so they were off a base of 74, 174 seats. We right. are at 200, I think, 12 seats today. We have a unique opportunity, Dave. I know you've worked all your life for this, to destroy the Democratic Party as a national political institution on the 8th of November. From the school boards all the way up to the House and Senate, it'll never come again. We've got it right there in front of us. We just have Steve, to, we have to deliver. It'll, Dave Bossy. We have to win, Steve. It, we have to win from secretaries of state to attorneys general to, to go, the governor's races, uh, House, Senate. It doesn't matter. Turn out, vote. We, it, it, like your life depends on it because it does. Dave, uh, real quickly, what's your personal social media? How do people get to you? Uh, on Twitter, unfortunately, still have it. Uh, David underscore Bossy. Uh, same on Getter. And then uh, at David Bossy on uh, Truth Social. Check us out. Follow us. And, and citizensunited.org as well. You want to follow Bossy. He's in, he's in the know. He's an insider, as we say. Dave Bossy, thank you very much. I want to play Thanks, a cold Steve. open for uh, my next guest. Uh, let's play. We have Chris Hayes from last night. It's a long one. We've kind of cut it down uh, so we can get more of his time. Mike Davis is going to join us. Let's play Mike Davis's cold open. The goal that a huge swath of voters, the median voter in a contested state, particularly interested in extended investigation into civil rights protesters in the summer of 2020. But again, that doesn't stop a somewhat mainstream Republican, you know, in a contested race from announcing that pledge last night. His audience are the folks that are into that. I also don't think there are huge majorities that are really chomping the bit for like star chamber style hearings investigating Dr. Anthony Fauci. As Trump, top Trump advisor Steve Bannon, who's awaiting sentencing for his recent conviction, said Republicans should do if they retake Congress. On the 8th of November, when we destroy the Democratic Party as a national political institution and really end the regime, the hunted become the hunters. Yes. The hunted become the hunters. So, uh, and, and you, you heard Natalie at the top, the whole Fauci family is going to be welcome to the investigations, the entire fam family. Remember, War Room was taken off Twitter because of comments I made about, wait for it, Christopher Ray and Anthony Fauci, that their day was coming. They took us down. They took the War Room account. I've never been on Twitter. They took the War Room account on Twitter. Paybacks across the border. So the Fauci family, Steve Bannon, whether or not he's in jail at that point, we don't know, is going to come for the Fauci family. Now, again, regardless of what you think of uh, the COVID public health response, the vaccines, shutdowns, schooling, I just think it's fair to say this is not like 
a big vendetta against the Fauci family, what the median voters craving. And it's not just Bannon either. Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky has laid out plans to bring Fauci back to testify over Paul's same pet obsessions having to do with the pandemic. And of course, there will be more investigations too, including multiple likely inquiries into President Joe Biden's son, Hunter. And House Republicans will, I think, probably end up impeaching President Biden as well if they gain a majority. I think they'll probably impeach others, like Attorney General Merrick Garland, given the opportunity. And any of those things would be terrible and disruptive. But again, those are sort of the pet obsessions of various factions in this party that is trying to take actual state power. None of them get to the main issue at hand. Okay, I want to bring in Mike Davis, who worked for, has done many things. And if it was not for Mike Davis, we would not have the Supreme Court we have today. He's been one of the, he worked like a Trojan to make sure those things happen. Mike, I want to bring you in because you've worked for Grassley for many, many years. Uh, and you're one of those Iowa nice guys, too. You're very even-handed and fair. Uh, I say the in the coming Congress, the, 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 the anvil will be the appropriations, the hammer will be the investigations. And there have to be, you know, oversight and investigations. You see already two weeks beforehand, they're in freakout mode because they understand what's coming and they're trying to grasp the straws, they're trying to get people to say, oh, these people are medieval savages. What Having worked for Grassley, and you know the way the system works. I mean, Mike Davis is a guy that plays by the rules. He's a belt suspenders and another belt kind of guy. Walk us through your understanding of, of how this is all going to lay out. And is it like Chris, uh, Chris Hayes' hair on fire? Uh, you know, presentation. I hope so. I hope so, Steve. There is a lot of oversight to do. And Senator Chuck Grassley, my uh, my former boss from my home state of Iowa, is the best congressional investigator in probably congressional history. He's been doing this for decades. I know that uh, he's going to take over as chairman of the Senate Judiciary again, again, if Republicans pick up enough seats in the Senate. And I think that we will. I think we're going to pick up at least three seats maybe more. And uh, he, he's going to do aggressive oversight. He's going to do aggressive oversight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to bury, I don't want to, hang on. I don't want to bury the lead. You're, you're with Bossy. You're saying you hold the ones that are, are out there and you're, you're a pickup three. So Mike Davis, I got Mike Davis down for right now, 13 days out, you're a 5347. At least pick up three. It may be pick up four or more, but I, we're going to win Nevada. We're going to win Arizona. We're going to win Georgia. And we're going to keep every, uh, every Republican Senate seat that we have right now, including Pennsylvania. So, um, and so talk to me how Grassley works with a 5347 or 5446, he'll have the wind to his back, right? And a couple of spare votes. What will, what will Grassley in the Senate look like as far as oversight goes and investigations? Well, you're going to see aggressive oversight into the Biden crime family. You're going to you're going to he'll actually have subpoena power uh, this time around. The last time he was the chairman there, uh, the, they had to change the Senate rules in order to uh, to get Republican subpoena power. But it came too late. He'll have subpoena power this time and he won't need any Democrat support to issue subpoenas. And they're going to there's going to be aggressive oversight into Hunter, uh, a, a presidential son, Hunter, uh, brother James and, uh, and President Biden himself. There is clear smoking gun evidence that then Vice President Joe Biden, his son Hunter and his brother James were on the Chinese and Ukrainian payrolls. And they're going to get to the bottom of that. Right. And then 
You're also going to have aggressive, uh, aggressive oversight into the uh, Biden Justice Department, including the FBI, how it's been weaponized uh, by, by the Biden administration to go after President Trump's supporters, his top aides like you, Steve, and even President Trump himself. And I, I think there's going to be a, a serious inquiry. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, maybe Ron Johnson from Wisconsin will, will do this from the Permanent Select Committee on Investigations, uh, or maybe Rand Paul can do it from the, the Health Committee on uh, Tony Fauci, COVID's birth in the Wuhan lab, funded by Tony Fauci, the Chinese measures that the U.S. government adapted to to respond to the to, to this to this COVID uh, to this COVID hoax and the uh, the cover up the cover up that we've seen how how this is how the cure has been so much worse than the disease how we've destroyed kids we've destroyed the most vulnerable we've closed down schools for too long with these uh, stupid mask mandates uh, the lawlessness of all this. How they use COVID to change election laws unilaterally. You, 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 you believe you you believe you you believe and and knowing Grassley's mindset, but you and knowing the guys in the Senate, you believe that that is a uh, a reasonable area of inquiry by the House and the Senate. A- absolutely, absolutely. I, the, the American people are going to demand this. We cannot we cannot continue down this path again. This is not our parents or our grandparents' Democrat Party. These are not liberals who love our country. We saw. From 2020, from BLM and Antifa, the summer of love in 2020 on, we saw a dark, evil side of the Democrat Party, the Marxist left. They pulled off their masks. We saw who they were. They did the COVID lockdowns, the, the race riots. They, uh, now they're doing gender chaos with pronouns. They're, these are evil people. This is, again, not, these are not our grandparents or our parents or grandparents Democrats. These are evil Marxists, and they need to be exposed and there needs to be aggressive oversight when Republicans take over the Senate and the House. But I, you're going to see that the, the Senate taken, is taken a lot more seriously with oversight. So that's why it's so critical that conservatives, that independents, even right-thinking Democrats get out and vote. There is no excuse this election. Okay, Axios had today, you have both the investigations that will go into the administrative state, but you also had today the lead story to Axios is how all of the big corporations, the global corporations are all lawyering up. They're hiring every lawyer in town because they've seen enough of war room to know that this is a different Republican Party. This is a populist nationalist Republican Party, and they see what the corporations did to everyone with, the, you know, the, the big tech, the debanking, all of it. You've also got all these issues with tech, that the convergence of the big tech aspects and the corporations lawyering up. Uh, and it's not about retribution. But what do you think? Because the pressure from the corporation attack to get a pass is going to be enormous. How do you see, because you're at the tip of the spear of this, how do you see that working out? Now that the corporations have tipped their hand, Axios reported, they're all luring up because they understand that the investigations are just not going to be about what's going on in the administrative state, but what's going on in corporate America. Yeah, so as, as Trump, populist, conservatives, Republicans... We don't like concentrated power, whether that concentrated power is with government or that concentrated power is in corporations. Because we, what we see with the left is they've taken every, over every institution in America. They've taken over federal government, state governments, public schools, higher education, corporations, big tech, uh, even the military. They're taking over every institution. And when they get in there, they do their ESG crap in environmental, social and corporate governance where they demand 
their their climate change nonsense, and they they want to go in there and do uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they want to demand that the corporate executives have to fill quotas based upon race and sex. It's the the left has taken over these corporations, and the problem is when you have the, these noisy shareholders, these corporations, they're not woke, they're not liberal. These executives aren't. They're just trying to silence these noisy, loud shareholders, and they don't hear any pushback on the right. Well, what they're going to start to hear is pushback on the right through congressional investigations, and it needs to happen. It's long overdue. The, the Republican Party needs to stop giving corporate America a pass. They're not our friends anymore. How does that lead into also, you're the, you're the, the lead warrior on really taking on big tech and the big tech oligarchs. A lot of people in the Republican Party talking about it, but you've got a plan that's much more gruff as that's supported by the Gateses, the MTGs, the War Room, all of that. Walk us, we've got a couple of minutes. Walk us through how that dovetails into taking on big tech. So a, uh, a uh, free market requires a functioning market. And when trillion dollar big tech monopolists, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple are using their market power to crush competition, shutter small businesses and cancel conservatives and others with whom they disagree. We no longer have a functioning market. We no longer have a free market. We have these century old antitrust laws, the Sherman Act, the Clayton Act. Uh, these are law enforcement. They're not regulation. They are the opposite of regulation. Facebook's calling for regulations because they can afford it. And they're, in, they're entry barriers to competitors. We want to target these cancerous tumors on the free market, target Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple, we need to break them up. And at the Internet Accountability Project, which is the sister organization to the Article 3 Project, we are taking on big tech. And you can go on there. We have a special site for the War Room Posse. It's theiap.org slash war room. And you can look at the six bills that we're pushing right now, non-discrimination, journalism bill, merger, filing fee. There's all, they're, they're all there. They're all listed, they're summarized, and they tell you how to call uh, 202-224-3121 and tell both your home state senators and your U.S. House rep to support this legislation. It's time for D.C. Republicans to have the divorce with big tech. Stop taking their money. Stop doing their bidding. Mike, what's your social media? How do people follow you? Sure. It's article3project.org, uh, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on Getter, Twitter, Truth, and MRDDMIA, MRDDMIA. Thank you, Steve, for all you do. If we do our job on the morning, early in the morning of the 9th of November, just 14 days away, dawn will break over Washington, D.C., and corporate America and big tech oligarchs will have to deal with Mike Davis on a daily basis. Mike, thank you very much. Short break. Back with Melody Jennings, Matthew Tiermont next. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. 
go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. WARROOM Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Come on, how good are we? Okay, welcome back. Uh, Melody Jennings uh, is with us, joins us by phone. Melody, uh, Clean Elections, a lot of people had heard of you, but a whole bunch of people had not. But I think almost the whole country's heard about you now. It is nonstop on MSNBC, just carpet bombing. So tell us what's going on. I mean, you guys are law-abiding citizens. You can't get nicer than the folks there. Give us an update. I know you've been in, in court today. Uh, or your organization has. Tell us what's going on about people just trying to watch the box and make sure that uh, we're not in another 2,000 mules situation. Absolutely, Steve. Yeah, I just get out there, watch some boxes. You know, if you've got boxes in your state, you know, it is a legal and lawful action to uh, First Amendment, right? Get out there and uh, group up together, have a good time at the box, have a tailgate party. You know, we, we've got pizza just, you know, people ordering pizza and hot dogs and uh, sodas and, uh, you know, having potlucks and so forth, carrying on at the boxes, just being neighborly, being friendly. It, sa- it, sounds, like, it, sounds, like, it sounds like a tailgate at a tailgate at the box. You're tailgating the box. But why are people so upset about Arizona? In Arizona, I know the other organization is not you. You don't control the boxes. You have your own volunteers. But people... Uh, came up in, in, in camis. They were they were uh, doing what the law says you can do in Arizona, but the left melted down. The people watching the box are not vigilantes. They're just concerned Americans that understand there was a lot of problems in, in, in 2020, particularly 
as exposed by the uh, by Dinesh D'Souza and the great team of Catherine Engelbeck and Greg Phillips in 2000 Mules, ma'am? Yeah, and you know, I, because uh, of the nature of the situation, you know, these allegations that have been made against us in this litigation are false. Um, you know, all the activities supported by Clean Elections USA are lawful and designed to support lawful elections. Uh, you know, we, we look forward to defending what they brought against us. Uh, it's a very partisan effort uh, to undermine election monitoring. I mean, that's, that's something that we have a right to do. So, you know, Mel- we're happy. Melody, how, we're happy everybody, everybody, every, everybody's been uh, coming to me saying, how can they get involved? I want to make sure you give right now uh, your website, how they contact you, how they follow you on social media. We want everybody, remember, the people clean elections, the deplorables, the hobbits, uh, the MAGA, not backing down an inch. Uh, every legal, certifiable chain of custody vote has to count, okay, has to count. Whether it's for a libertarian, a Democrat, uh, a socialist, uh, a Republican, it doesn't matter. They have to count. But any of the votes don't count. And that's what these volunteers are doing. And they're not going to back down. If the mainstream media thinks you're intimidating these people, you are mistaken. So, Melody, how do people go to your site and find out more about your organization? Yes, come on over to cleanelectionsusa.org, cleanelectionsusa.org, and click the, the join us, join the cause button and come in through there. Let us know that you want to get involved. We've got, you know, several states that are just plugging away. We've got some states that don't have them. We, we love the states that don't have them. If you don't have boxes, I might not have anything for you to do right now. Uh, but if you've got boxes in your state, let us know that you want to be a part of the, the group that's out here saving our elections with the rest of these beautiful uh, American initiatives uh, that are going on. Uh, we'd love to have you. And we're happy. We're happy about it. And uh, we are actually protecting people's votes, which is which is really exciting, Steve. It's very patriotic. Melody, uh, thank you very much. Uh, honored to have you on here, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Okay, you knew they were going to be in the middle of it. Watch the box. Make sure you go there and volunteer today. Do I have uh, so tier, do I have Tiermon? Uh, do I have Tiermon? Not yet. Oh, so I have Paulo uh, Fergo, Fergo, Figardo, Figuerdo. Paulo, uh, we got Tierman coming on too. This is the you know as important as Brexit was to twenty sixteen to the Trump win. So the Brazil vote is to the midterm elections uh, that are going to take place on the 8th. We have followed this closely. We're huge supporters of, uh, of, of uh, Bolsonaro uh, in the Bolsonaro movement, but we're very disturbed by what we've been hearing about the Supreme Court, uh, people getting involved in, in these issues of voter integrity. Can you just tell our audience exactly what's going on? Well, it's hard to overstate the importance of this election, Steve. Uh, we're talking about the future of the of, of the whole Latin America, to be honest, and uh, with a lot of effects to the United States as well. Brazil is deciding right now on on this Sunday if it's going to re-elect President Bolsonaro or if it's going to elect again former President Lula, who is a socialist from the Workers' Party, uh, three times convicted for corruption. Uh, who was freed by his friends on the Supreme Court uh, and pretty much got away with all the charges, but uh, but still three times convicted by several courts. 
So and and Brazil is on on it's, the country is very divided right now. So it's it's fifty fifty, I'd say. Paulo, is it is he a socialist or is he? A, I I think he's a Marxist. I mean, he was in league with the Chinese Communist Party, and he has sold out Brazil before, particularly on the commodity side to the Chinese Communist Party. One of the reasons he was caught for corruption was just outrageous behavior. Is your assessment that Lula is, because we think he's a transnational criminal, like many of the people that are communists, do you view him as a socialist or do you view him as a communist? Well, it's the, the line is not always very clear, Steve. Uh, we we can say that he, uh, during his term and during his, his party's uh, uh, administration, what happened is that Brazil... Uh, got really close to China. Brazil always had uh, the United States as its number one partner uh, throughout this, uh, the whole history of the country. And in the mid-2000s, with the rise of commodities and, and the China boom, Brazil, uh, China became the number one partner of Brazil. So Brazil became very close to China. Uh, a lot of partnerships were uh, were signed. and But also, Lula had a vital role in financing uh, other socialist countries in Latin America. So he gave a bunch of money uh, to uh, Castro, Still st was still Castro family in Cuba uh, with the More Doctors program. Um, he financed the construction of the Muriel port in Cuba as well, gave a bunch of money to Venezuela, the subway system in Caracas, uh, and money to Bolivia and money to Ecuador. A lot of money came from Brazil to these countries and including countries in Africa and money that's very hard to track because Brazil still has some solid uh, institutions that pretty much track the money. So it has, it has some accountability against corruption. But once the money is sent abroad, we have no way to track it. So Lula helped finance all these countries uh, with uh, Brazilian taxpayers' money. Uh, Paulo, hang on for one second. I'm going to come right back. I got Matthew Tierman, who's about to jump on a train. I want to get Matthew. Matthew, I got a lot of questions on the domestic political scene. We'll get to those on Thursday or Friday. But I've got to ask you, uh, Bolsonaro, by the polling, was down 16, 18 points. He almost won in the, uh, in, in, in the first round. This looks like a dead heat. I've seen conflicting polling. As we stand uh, on the, what, four or five days away from this historic... Uh, this historic vote. Uh, what is where does this stand? What is going to happen this Sunday? How close is this? A dead heat? Uh, I actually think that uh, Bolsonaro is way up. The polls are reflecting a dead heat, but keep in mind that the polls reflected a month or so ago uh, Lula, uh, you know, running away with it. And we saw that not only was it very, very close in the first round, that Bolsonaro in the first, say, third or so of the tabulation was well up. And it wasn't until that uh, Lula got consistently 55 percent of every other ballot drop all the way through the second two thirds that they were able to reverse that and send this to a runoff. Uh, I think Bolsonaro is way up. Uh, the question is, will it be a unmolested tabulation or will it be molested? And we're going to have to wait and see. There's a lot of... Uh, over uh, overdone behavior going on by the Supreme Court and the Supreme Electoral Tribunal. One of the things they're doing is they're penalizing uh, Bolsonaro because there's a state-run media allocation of uh, campaign ads, and it's supposed to be one-to-one -one in the runoff, and now it's two-to-one in Lula. They're penalizing the Bolsonaro camp and saying, yo, you have spread fake news, so we're rescinding some of your media time on all the mainstream media uh, outlets. 
So that they're trying to put the fix in every which way they can. Uh, but that being said, Bolsonaro's popularity is surging, and especially after watching what happened with Roberto Jefferson, I assume that uh, Paolo discussed that. There was a standoff between a politician who uh, was critical of one of the uh, Supreme Court communists, literally a communist, and they were a standoff. The Supreme Electoral Court came to arrest him, and gunshots were fired. Uh, and the whole country's up in arms about this. They see that this court is, is is overreaching, and it's acting like a Stasi police force, a Soviet force. And I think that's going to help Bolsonaro. They were overplaying their hand. Uh, the one thing is that I know something's going on when it's not Breitbart or Gateway Pundit saying this or War Room, but the New York Times has actually written some pretty hard pieces there that talk, specifically call out the Supreme Court. When you have the New York Times saying they're overdoing it, how, how bad is that, sir? Oh, it's uh, it, it's overwhelming. Jack Nikas, the uh, Brasilia correspondent for The New York Times, who's down there and well-versed and understands the dynamics on the ground, uh, he's put forward a couple dispatches that show the uh, the overreach of the court, the overreach of the press, the last piece last weekend uh, about uh, Moraes single-handedly, unilaterally, by fiat, appointing himself the sole arbiter of social media censorship, that anybody he wants gets taken down under threat of shutting down the entire social media platforms. We've seen this with Getter. Roberto Jefferson's daughter was taken down. She's never even posted anything. She created an account in April that said, hey, follow me on Getter. And that account was forced down. And in the, at night, on Saturday night, you have two hours to comply or they will come in and force off your servers and kick you out of the country. Uh, this is, you know, Soviet style. Uh, and it's people are apoplectic. And uh, the Wall Street Journal, Mary Anastasia O'Grady, who's been one of the great axes, uh, you know, great coverage factors of all of Latin America, Venezuela, Chile, Colombia. She wrote a piece as well saying how gross this is, this overreach is. Uh, Matthew, how do people get you on social media? Because you're keeping people up to date nonstop at this. this the, it, there could not be a more important marker before our midterm election than this uh, titanic fight down in Brazil for freedom and democracy. Uh, how do people follow 100%. you? 100%. Matthew Termond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. Uh, it's going to be real fraught. And uh, if Brazil falls, Latin America falls in full. No doubt. Uh, Matthew, thank you very much. Plus, the CCP has a, a – if you think they're already in, around Guam, they're in the Pacific Islands, they're in the Caribbean. If uh, if Brazil falls, the CCP will have a massive foothold in Latin America. Paulo, let me come back to you. Can you can you walk our audience through exactly what, uh, what um, Matthew was just talking about, about this incident that actually led to gunfire? Because I want to use it as an example of kind of the – overreach of the of the judicial branch down there in the Supreme Court, because I don't think our our audience kind of looks at this in American terms. They don't understand that you have a much more activist judiciary in Brazil. Oh, yeah. And, well, and, and things are happening so fast today. The biggest scandal is not even that, is that be, they, this happened on, on Sunday, and we thought this was going to dominate the, the news cycle for, for a while. But now, uh, yesterday, this and this is ongoing. This is still being developed. The story under development that um, the Bolsonaro's campaign found out that the Supreme Electoral Court was uh, actually favoring Lula's campaign um, with more ads than they were supposed to, to to have. Because in Brazil, differently differently from the U.S., the all the campaign ads are paid by 
by the by the public by by the taxpayers so we finance the campaigns and in on the on the runoff is supposed to go 50 50 50 percent bolsonaro 50 percent lula but uh bolsonaro's campaign audited uh the, the the spots that were being aired and they found out that lula was having they lula's campaign had only on the last two weeks uh, almost two hundred thousand uh, more spots on radios that they were supposed to, more than Bolsonaro had, and, and this is a big scandal. Uh, today, the Supreme Electoral Court fired uh, the employee who was in charge of that, and this is dominating this the news cycle. And this is just today. So on Sunday, what Matthew was uh, talking about is that a, a former leader, a former congressman, and leader of uh, one party in Brazil, supporter of uh, Bolsonaro. Not a close supporter, but supportive of uh, Bolsonaro, a conservative guy. He was uh, he 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 said some very hard things about one of the Supreme Court justices, a lady. Uh, he called her uh, uh, well some words that I can't say here on air. Uh, not appropriate. Uh, and because of that, uh, Demorais, the the justice, the president of the Superior Electoral Court. Uh, issued an arrest warrant against him. He was already on house arrest uh, for uh, because he said bad things against the court, which was totally illegal, but he did it anyway. And now he was on house arrest. So Morais sent uh, federal agents to his house to take him to a regular uh, to jail, to, to prison. And uh, so this guy is, just, I'm talking about a 70-year-old man he responded with an AR-15 uh, and shot back uh, the police officers, which I'm not sure were police officers because uh, they were following rules that were illegal. So I'm not sure the police is still the police if they're not following the rule of law. But anyways, uh, he shot back. He threw uh, three um, uh, grenades, not 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 frag grenades, but uh, like light grenades, smoke grenades against the federal police officers he ended up uh he ended up being arrested uh but this dominated the news cycle for a long time we thought that this would have a big impact on the polls but it didn't so right now the polls are showing the polls that overstated lula by three points and understated bolsonaro by 10 points uh are showing lula ahead around seven points other polls that were more precise are showing ties, and I have access to the internal polls, and they are also showing a tie with a Bolsonaro a little bit ahead, but everything is still very, very open. Uh, the country is very divided, and I, I, I'd say I've never seen, I've been covering uh, elections for a long time in Brazil and in the U.S., and I've never seen anything like this. This is, the the country is very divided. People are nervous. Uh, it's it's hard. What tell me what the division is? Is it between nationalist and populist versus globalist, or what is this? You know, they say it's very evenly tied. Matthew, who's got pretty sensitive, thinks he thinks Bolsonaro may be up. Uh, there's obviously tremendous international interest in this from the party of Davos, from all the elite media. I mean, Brazil is something they're maniacally focused on. What is uh, we got a couple of minutes left just for our audience? What is that divide? Is part of it the fact that they hate the fact that a big portion 
of uh, Bolsonaro's support, President Bolsonaro's support, is made up of evangelical Christians, sir? Yeah, Bolsonaro is very much like Donald Trump. He's a nationalist, he's a populist, he has support of most of the Christians in the country, the evangelicals. Uh, so Bolsonaro is very much like Trump. So Lula, on the other hand, Lula was was thrown under the bus by the establishment uh, until 2016, 2018. Uh, and then they noticed that uh, Lula was the only candidate that could defeat Bolsonaro in an election. So that's when the Supreme Court um, invalidated all of his trials and the the media pretty much uh, rebranded him as a as a candidate that was honest and just all the whole establishment decided to forget everything he has done. So it was pretty much a I've never seen a propaganda machine so powerful uniting all the artists, all the uh, academia, universities, um, of course, the mainstream media and the financial sector everyone went and started siding with Lula. Remember, most of these agents were criticizing Lula a few years before, but they completely shifted their positions just because Lula was the only one that could possibly defeat Bolsonaro. So it became very clear that to the establishment, the number one goal was to get rid of Bolsonaro no matter what. And they could they could dialogue, they could have a a good relationship with Lula. So everyone, the whole establishment now is united uh, and and with with Lula. And Bolsonaro has the people, has the the, the blue collar workers, the, the 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 country people, the the people from the uh, uh, agricultural sector. Everyone is siding with Bolsonaro. The the regular people, the workers, the regular worker, and the establishment is supporting Lula. So that's the way the country is divided right now. Uh, how do people follow you on social media? How do they get more to more of your writings? You're a journalist who followed this for a long time. I want people to get access to you. We're going to be given, doing wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this through the weekend into this historic vote on uh, on Sunday. So how can how can people follow you, sir? I'm on most social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Getter, YouTube. They can follow me at, at Real P. Figueiredo, at a spell it, uh, F-I-G-U-E-I. R-E-D-O, Rio P. Figueiredo. Uh, it's my last name. It's hard to, to pronounce, I know. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you are one of the great, uh, you're one of the great heroes and great patriots down there. We're really honored to have you here in the war room. Look forward to having you back. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Stephen. This uh, contest on Sunday is the equivalent of Brexit in June of 2016, as Brexit was to the uh, to the uh, Trump victory in November, so that this is going to be the predicate for our sweeping landslide on November 8th. It both has to be delivered. But I tell you, Brazil, one of the greatest countries in the world, the, some of the greatest people, is on knife's edge. Very, very important. A dangerous situation in Brazil. We're going to cover it wall to wall. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. You're not going to want to miss a minute of the war room from now all the way through the 8th, maybe the early morning hours. Of the ninth, maybe even dawn on the ninth, some of these contests out west will just be getting called in. We're going to be wall to wall seven days a week here in the war room.